there was a weird double bill in Jones Beach on Long Island. I swear to God. Jethro Tull with special opening act, Suzanne Vega. I saw this in the New York Times. I had to step away from the paper and then go back to it to make sure it was real. How does folk artist Suzanne Vega get a gig opening for Jethro Tull? She's talking to her manager. He's like, hey, Suzanne, how do you want to spend the summer? I don't know if you can hook this up for me, but I would love to travel the country getting booed off the stage. At half-filled amphitheaters. By 50-year-old progressive rock fans. Can you make that happen, manager? Show me what you're made of. Show me. Step inside. Walk this way. You and me, babe. Welcome, Gods of War, to Geek Salad, episode 139, the Joshua Tree 2, the, the Revenge of, um, oh, Revenge of Bruno, Revenge of Bruno, sorry, side B. side B, now we're talking about the album, so welcome back, thanks for coming back, um, so, social media-wise, we didn't get a whole lot of albums I was surprised about, one of the albums that, um, a friend of ours, a friend of the show, Dave McLean, brought up. Uh, we're going to talk about when somebody else talks about it, because it's on your lists. And I'm just kind of surprised, because, like I, like I said in the previous show, 87 was, had better albums than it had singles. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is because at least the ones that I'm going to, I, I talk about came out in mid to late 87 mm-hmm. and didn't really become big until 88. Right. Uh, most of these albums, with a couple of exceptions, yeah, exactly. They all were big. They were all, they were all yeah. slow starters. So, who wants to get started on our roundtable of albums? Somebody right. who's got more than Catherine, because I think we got to. <laughs> all right, I'll start. Yeah, all right, Mike, go ahead. Start with Ario uh, Speedwagon's "Life as We Know It."
All right. So tell us a little bit about that one, Mike. Oh, well, let me pull it up here. Yep. Yeah. for this? Well, yeah, but just not that much. Okay. <laughs> well, now, especially now that I have, uh, I actually have some Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. Wi-Fi. Now you have the Wi-Fi's? Yeah. All right. Wi-Fi. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so what's the, what is the big song off of Life as We Know It? Actually, a couple of, uh, a couple of big songs are, um, That Ain't Love. Yep. In My Dreams. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, In My Dreams. That, that's another prom song, isn't it? I just like that. It actually, <laughs> <laughs> I like how it utilizes, um, that, uh, you know, that long tube with the, with all the ball bearings in there. Oh, okay. The rain stick? Yeah. The rain stick. I never heard that being utilized the in a song. The didgeridoo? The didgeridoo is completely different from the rain stick. There's actually a pretty cool band that combines didgeridoos with uh, uh, bagpipes. Yeah, I saw that. It was the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> now give me another fucking didgeridoo in here! <laughs> well, they were performing at the Highland Games last year. We saw them. They were pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> but actually, I, I think I prefer the song That Ain't Love more than In My Dream. All right. I ain't love is just much more high, like high energy. Um, it's not not as popular actually. Right? How does this compare to High Infidelity? Because that that's really that is the high water well, high, mark high, of high, yeah, High Infidelity. High is infidelity. Like, yeah, that is their high water mark. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're not really going to touch High Infidelity, but um, as I mean, just as far as like some of the one of the later albums go, mm-hmm. this is a very good one. I like it a lot. It's a 12th, so, it's a, so it's a good follow-up. It's their twelfth studio album. Right. They right. had like couples of those in between there too. They, they had did? the one with um. Uh, uh, Can't stop this feeling. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Roll with the changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've never, if you've never seen um, uh, the Scar Brothers Comedy Central special, they actually do a uh, white man cabaret of Roll with the Changes. Oh Jesus. It's fantastic to watch. It's actually what introduced me to, to the song. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. Joe, do you want to take one? I will take one because I've been itching to talk about this album. Go like right on ahead. Year. I wonder which one it is. Gee. Def mm. Leppard, Hysteria. I love this album. No, you don't understand. This album was like my life from my freshman year. Halfway through my senior year. Oh, God. I, I wore through like four cassettes. <laughs> I I too love this album. And I saw you, these guys live. And you, if you ever saw me in, st- in study hall yeah. with, with my Walkman <laughs> on, you knew what I was listening to. Oh, God. Well, no, well, no, the thing is, 
everybody knows I'm a huge Eric Clapton fan. I'm a huge Dire Straits fan. But I didn't start getting into him until my senior year. I was before then. I was all about Def Leppard. Yeah. I was a, I was a huge High and Dry fan. Pyromania is one of my favorite albums. But Hysteria, which is the follow up to Pyromania, they just completely blew it out of the park. Chris, somebody get some sugar to pour on him. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And speaking you know of and and I like this one because one more for Joe. Yep. <laughs> episode epi- in our last episode we talked about stripper songs. Mm-hmm. Pour some sugar on me. That is a stripper is the song. Oh, yeah. stripper song. Yeah. Um. But well, this right, album, uh, first of all, top to bottom, this album is awesome. I don't think there's a weak song on this entire. I mean, even even like Excitable is not really a, one of my favorite songs. Yeah. But it's not a bad song in like. It's not like, oh my god, I gotta... It's I gotta like one of, what, song. three songs on this album that didn't chart in one way, shape, or form? It's got, it's got 12 songs, seven of them charted, okay. five of them they didn't release. Right. So And they kept releasing it. Like, Woman was the first... Woman was the was 1987 the song. Summer. Yeah. It released in summer of 87. It was the first release in the U.S. And it actually did pretty badly. Yeah. And then they released Animal, and that did a little bit better. Yep. But it wasn't until 88 when they released Rocket. Yeah. And then after they released Rocket, it just completely took off. Well, what happened was, the way I remember being was that, yeah, it was women, Animal. Rocket got released later, I remember. You know what it was? What it was? Some Sugar on Me, Hysteria, and Love Bites all kind of hit But you know what it was is... They toured the U.S. in the summer of 88. Yeah, I went to that show. And it was after eight, that summer, after 88, my, the start of my sophomore year, when everybody was walking around wearing Def Leppard shirt, shirt. Yeah. hysteria shirt. And that's when the that's when you like you knew something was going This yeah. was a big album. But, I mean, that artwork has, has become iconic. Yeah. Yes. Well, the other thing with this album, too, is when you think about what they went through to make this album... I oh, mean, yeah. literally. They went through three producers. They went through three producers. Um, and a drummer's arm. Rick um, Allen, yep. Yeah. And just, they went through so much. And if you listen to it and you, you go back, there's a, there was a documentary that was on um, Netflix a few years ago that discussed the making of this album and how rich and how textured. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what could have been easily construed as a hair metal album well, you know, you know would be. When, so, so the thing about this, about, about this album is, they really don't do anything groundbreaking. No. There's really nothing breakthrough about the album. No. But it, it is produced so well. Mutt Lang did such an excellent job producing this album. Well, the fun- and and yeah. the, real, the, the best way to listen to it is on headphones. Yep. Because you can really listen to all the textures, all the layers of it. There's a lot of production in yeah. this one versus uh, Pyromania. Pyromania yeah. is a fantastic album. But it's it's pretty much a straightforward Guitar, bass, drum. It's a very it's a heavy metal. It's a heavy metal. It's a heavy metal album. This is very well produced. Lots of sound effects. Lots yeah. of um. And, and and the thing is, the band knew right from the start what they wanted. Yeah. After because Pyromania was only a huge hit only in the U.S. Right. It did not chart worldwide. It was only it was only in the U.S. where it was successful. And they knew what songs uh, out of Pyromania worked. Mm-hmm. Photograph, Stage Fright, yep. um, um, Poolin and Poolin Rock of Ages. Like they knew what they wanted with, with Hysteria, and a lot of, and it turned off a lot of their fans from Pyromania. It was like, we wanted a heavy metal album. Yeah. No, they said, no, we're going to make a pop 
rock album. This is what we're making, and they pulled it off. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I will admit, I've had my heart broken on at least oh, yeah. two of those songs. Love Bites. Love Bites and Hysteria. Love, love Bites and Love and Affection. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I love a lot of these songs, but my favorite is probably Love Bites. <sighs> love Bites is love a Bites. great song. Not, not that I ever cried to it. But nope, not at all. <laughs> nope, not at all. It's, it's, it's a, I cried to it, and she knew what she did. <laughs> <laughs> not naming names. I mean, it was... Back to the D. What, what, what that song? <laughs> oh, my is, God. That, that song is, is, is actually a very deep song. Yeah. But the other thing, too, again, we'll go back to the production value of the song. There's a lot of extra little pieces to yeah. that song. Yeah. The, um... You know, and, then, they, and, you know and, the, 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 and you realize what a great guitarist Steve Clark is. Oh, yeah. Well, Phil Collins as well. Oh, Phil Collins, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I mean... Like I said, if you listen to the lit, listen to our headphones, you listen to all the layers. Yeah, you hear a lot of the Steve Clark little intros and solos that are get kind of overlayered. Yeah, that are just unbelievable. So, so yeah, I mean, like I said, this was and and you think about it, they kept releasing singles to the song until the night until nineteen ninety. Yeah, you know, it's I just I. I don't know anybody who does not like this and album. And it still holds up very well. Yeah. Sick thing, too, it's not on Spotify. Yeah. It kills me. Like, yeah, I it's have... not on Spotify. It's not on Google Play. It's right. not on no, they Amazon. Don't, they, yeah. It's on YouTube Music, though. It's on YouTube Music. Yeah, yeah. I bought the CD at Newbury Comics last week. No, oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. How much? It's like ten bucks. Twelve. That's not too bad. Yeah, I can't. I don't remember. It was. It was. A, it was a you know certified use. So yeah, it might have been ten. I mean, it sold twelve million in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing too. The the overall success of this album is insane. Right. It is yeah. unbelievably insane. For now, I don't think ever charted at number one. I don't no. know if you want to look that up. I don't no. think it charted at number one. Double check that for me. But I'm almost always well, positive. It was one thing of those things it. that was. A prolonged under the radar hit, right? Right until, like I said, until the summer of '88 when the, the tour supported it, it really didn't. It kind of flew under the radar, yeah. Well, unless you were a hardcore Def Leppard fan, right? Really. And I love Def Leppard. I couldn't wait to hear this stuff. And yeah. then I heard "Women" took me a while to appreciate, and "Animal" just kind of turned me off. I wasn't a big fan of "Animal." "Women" now, I love. I love "Women" now, right? Um, I love Animal now, too, but not as much. Rocket was the weird one, because the album version of Rocket versus the video version of Rocket. Yeah. The video the, the video version of Rocket is a lot longer, and there's a lot more to it, and I really got into it more than the, the album version yeah. was giving you. It's funny, too, because now, you know, being older and understanding musical influence more, how much glam they threw into that. Oh, well, you, you listen to the lyrics of Rocket. Yeah, that's the Kill, thing. Kill yeah. Queen, um... Yeah, and well, you watch the the video too, and it's nothing but like Mama Hoople and David Bowie and yeah. Lou Reed and all that. Yeah, they they kind of are glam metal is basically what their their yeah. name is. The album charted at number one on both the Billboard oh, 200 and the UK albums. Wow, okay. What year? Probably eighty eight. Uh, <laughs> eighty eight. Well, like I said, <laughs> Women and Animal came out in eighty seven as singles. They weren't in the top one hundred, but eighty eight. All the, most, I think, out of the five singles that they released in '88, yeah, four of them were in the top are in the top one hundred Billboard one hundred. Right, and the videos. I mean, two right. of the videos essentially were nothing but concert videos. Pour some sugar on me is one of those popular videos ever played on MTV, and it is a 
boring fucking video. So is Armageddon it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Armageddon it was essentially, okay, what, they, they picked up all the, the pieces from the cutting room floor of, uh, of course, and threw it together. That's interesting. What? This says, uh, Rocket was released in January of 1989. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, th- this album got us through high school. <laughs> really? It got, it got us through, through, high got through high school. Yeah. Got me through my moments. Youngin'. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... First one on my list is yeah, yeah, my obligatory annual um, mentioning of an REM album. Of course. <laughs> but Document is, in my opinion, my the best REM album ever. This was on my um, Desert Island. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't because I picked their, uh, their best of. It was my one best of. Yeah. But I would have picked Document. popular band yeah. at, uh, uh, The End of the World as We Know It. And the lead singer was famous for reading all the lyrics off a sheet of paper. Right. Then there was the funny band. The next coffee house after that, they did It's the End of the World as We Know It, and the lead singer held a piece of paper. <laughs> they get to a point, the entire band stops on a dime. Yeah. He turns the paper over. They pick up and keep going. <laughs> I, and, and, of course, everybody was always going to the, the coffee houses, and they knew the joke, and so they thought it was hilarious. Yeah, this, this album, I, this is, you know what's funny, I listened to this album a few days ago, a few weeks ago, I wanted to get some, a feel for, you know, the, these albums that we were going to talk about, so I'm driving my kids to a birthday party, and I have this on, and my kids didn't once complain about it, and I'm like, I'm listening to all the songs, and I'm singing along to it, and just remembering how every song on this album really is a, is a, is kind of a gem in its own way. I mean, this is their first, their first, like, Top 40 radio hit is on this album. You know, the one I love is their very first big, you know, radio hit. Um, you know, stuff like Finest Work Song is is a great song. You know, I, I do enjoy It's the End of the World as We Know It, but, like, most of the songs on the on this that I love are the deep the deeper tracks, stuff that didn't get a lot of play. I, I just remember that um, this was quite a while ago when my brother was still alive. Uh, we were watching the birds. Yeah. And that guy in the in the restaurant is like, it's the end of the world. And both <laughs> my brother and I would go, as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> so now I can't watch that movie with him. No. him without going, as we know it. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, this is, I mean, if you have to get one, like, straight up REM album, this is the one to get. <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the one you have to have in your collection. Well, yeah, the thing is, too, this is the this is the last album before they actually went to a major label. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so after that, they were they, they did Green for Warner Brothers, but this is their last IRS album. Um, I I do adore this album some. No. Uh, yeah, Catherine. All right, you're up. Well, the first album I'll talk about. There's really only a couple notable tracks on it. This is Floodland by Sisters of Mercy. I had forgotten how I just and it was funny too. I had totally forgotten the track listing until I looked at that. That is a good album. Yeah, I listen to that a lot in college. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, the the two songs that I really think are known off of this one is Dominion slash Mother Russia, and then uh, this Corrosion. And there's a uh, there's there's actually I have a card game called Gother Than Now. Uh huh. Gother Than Now. <laughs> and there is a card in there that says if you can name any other lyric from this Corrosion, you get some points. <laughs> so if you know anything other than Hey Now, Hey Now, Now, sing this Corrosion to me, you'll get some points. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> You know, I just listened to it a couple times this week. I still can't tell you anything. Oh, man. The, the, the song is 11 minutes long. Oh. And there's, there, there's other stuff in there. Somewhere. But it's really hard to make out. Yeah. This is, again, this is one of those albums that I, I, I closely associate with people in high school. Yep. And this was the, this was ABA Blake Bram Hall yes. album. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You're I'm just right. gonna. I'm just gonna throw out names that are meaningless Blake. to our listening audience. And I don't even know Blake. Blake. Blake Ty Bramhall. She okay. did. Oh, good lord! I mean, she was in my 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 year, so you probably didn't know her all that well. Yeah. I was in Russian with her. Uh, we did Act on Peace together. We did a lot of stuff. Okay, together. so I must have met her at one point. Yeah, you definitely met her. At one oh, point. I know who she is now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her best friend back then was Meta Hobson. Not Meta Hobson, that's a different meta. There were two meta. We, we quite graduated with two metas. Uh, well, Act in all places. Once, yeah. you, once you mentioned Act on Peace, I got in there. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. like Sarah Caruso. I can't believe I haven't. Fi- I didn't find her on Facebook. I'm like, now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, it, when she was like one of the first people I found on Facebook. Like, lately, it's been like this, this mini high school reunion on Facebook now. Thanks, Catherine. Her and Lisa Pellucci were the first people from Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's one of those albums, though, that I associate with other people. Right. And there's a song that's not even on this one that I that I love from Sisters of Mercy called Wasteland. It's, yeah, it's probably only one other album I own. Yeah, time. yeah. I, and the only reason I know that is because um, 120 Minutes put out, like, a like a collection. The MTV 120 Minutes put out, like, a co- collection of alt-rock songs, and that was in there. 
Yeah, but I think I'll listen to this on the way home in between Dominion, Mother Russia, and this corrosion. That'll get you home. That'll pretty much get me home, because <laughs> yeah. that's 15 minutes right there. And I'll, I will see if I can pick out any lyrics. Yeah, I, I remember driving, again, because driving from Acton to Hudson, um, it's a, close to a half-hour drive, and like coming home from rehearsals, I, I essentially was, for how soon is now's. <laughs> Back when I went like a month with doing nothing but listening to that one song over and over again. Um, all right, Mike, you're up next. All right, I've got the uh, self-titled debut. Uh, no, yeah, self-titled debut album by Richard Marks. Dickie Marks. I love it. What is, what is on this one? Because I, I think I'm, conf- I'm going to end up confusing with the album that came out after this. Well, this 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 is actually one of the first... I'm not being a dick either. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the first, the first albums I, I remember. I actually distinctly remember hearing the song for the first time back in 1987. And I was like, that's actually a really good song. That was Hold On To The Nights. Oh, okay. So that's on there. That's actually a pretty good that's song. That's a prom song right there. Yeah. But I remember hearing that song. I was like, I actually like this song. Who's, who's singing this? Richard Mark? Never heard of him. And then, but I mean, also on this uh, song, album, got, uh, Shouldn't Have Known Better. Yeah. Uh, is that him? Too? Is that on this one, too? Yep. Shit, this is actually a decent album. He actually wrote the majority of these songs. Wait, he was a songwriter before yeah. this. He wrote um, songs for other people. He was like the Carol King of, of Top 40. He, he got uh, Don't Mean Nothing. I hate that song. I'm sorry. That song I don't like. But, <laughs> but my favorite song from this album, Endless Summer Nights. Okay. Yep. That That's a song that makes me firmly believe there are far too... We have had a distinct lack of good songs with solo, with um, saxophone solos. Are you shitting me? The late mid to late 80s were like lousy with those. I know. No, currently... Oh, yeah, oh, now? Oh, yeah. The last time you heard a song with a good, solid solo sax. That's because we're in the now days, and it's all about dropping the ukulele. Yes, exactly. Oh, no, that's just that hipster shit. That's uh, that's the Zoe Deschanel stuff, or the Mm -hmm. Mumford & Sons. The last last good um, saxophone solo that I can remember... I'm going to drop the bass. Nope, not going to do it yet. (laughs) ...is a song that none of you else will like. Which is... Uh, how do you talk to an angel by the heights? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah you're totally you're, right. You are you you are alone in that island. Oh, I love that. I, every like for the three the three weeks that that show was on TV, the girl I dated in college, Erica, would just be like, "How do you talk to an angel?" We're not watching that. Like, no, you're right. We're not. <laughs> oh God. All right. I miss the sax solo. There's some great sax solos, and almost all of them around this era sound like porno. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. It's still good. All right. Well, uh, that's what that's what solo sax sounds like. It's porno movies. It's pretty much it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sexy sax. 
We grew up in the 80s. We didn't get the bomb chicka wah wah. We got yeah, we, we got sex sacks. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a lot more classy, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, this wailing sacks that just. <laughs> Lots of hairspray and Ron Jeremy. Ron <laughs> Jeremy never had the sex sex. Oh, you're kidding me. I'm sure he, he had, 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 had the brown chicken brown. No. 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 Anyway, Joe, move on. All right, my next album <laughs> is Pink Floyd, Momentary Laughs of Reason. Oh, man. <laughs> No, I, I I like this one. I always confuse it with Pulse because Pulse is a shitty album. Pulse is a shitty album. <laughs> but this one, go ahead, Joe. Oh, no, I mean this is, you know, I mean everybody. This is the first album after Roger Waters left, right? Which was which is only a year and a half after he left the band. He left the band in '85. Yep. Yep. Well, really? Final Cut is pretty much a Roger Waters solo album. Right, right. So by then, the band had really kind of broken up. Yeah. And they were all working on their individual projects. Right. So, Momentary Lapse of Reason, basically, it was a David Gilmore solo project. Yeah. He just happened to bring have Richard Wright and Nick Mason helping helping him out. Okay. And then until it wasn't until they settled until they settled the lawsuit with Roger Waters yeah. that they could finally call themselves Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um this I remember it, one slip is is criminally forgotten. Oh, it's such a good song. It's a better song than on the turning away. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there right now. Put it on the table, you can just turn no, it No, no, you you're right. But you know you know what really kind of brings this album up and where it really sells this album? Isn't this album. It's the follow-up, the live tour, Delicate Sound of Thunder. Yes. Yes. I had, someone just gave me a copy of that in college. It was, the second disc was scratched as shit, but the good, the, the one of the discs was in good yeah. shape, and that was with all the good stuff. Right. I mean, it was all, the, the first disc was all the stuff from Momentary Lapse of Reason. Yeah. And that's what forced, kind of got, made me go get Momentary Lapse of Reason yep. and listen to it. And I mean, it's, it's. It's different. It's not. Uh, it's not a a theme album like most Pink Floyd albums. Right. Are. The, the thing is, it's, it's not exactly. It's not a theme album like most Pink Floyd albums are. You were right. saying, right? It's not. It, you know, there's no overarching theme. It's yeah. not like the Wall, where it's trying to tell an sto- overarching story. You know, like I said, it was a it was a uh, David Gilmore solo album. Yeah. That they just everybody just decided. Oh, let's call ourselves Pink Floyd. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. You know, I got gotcha. you. And overall, it was it, musically, it's very well done. Like you said, "One Slip" is One probably slip, the best song on that album. "One Slip" ranks in my favorite Pink Floyd songs. Mm-hmm. Just period. There's never been Pink Floyd song. And it, it, and it 
even though it, to be honest, it really kind of flew under the radar. It has no, it really doesn't have any singles. It really doesn't have. Closest thing is on the turning away, turning away. No, well, there was only one video made for it, and that was um, learning to fly. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot that was on that one. Um, but and even though it kind of got mixed reviews, it outsold the previous album, The Wall. No, 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 not The Wall. Final Cut. Final Cut. Yeah, well, of course. Nobody wanted to listen to the Final Cut. Right. Yeah. So. All right. So, on my list, um, Warehouse Songs and Stories by Husker Du. When I was listening to this one, I was driving to a meeting. I didn't realize I was listening to it on the 30th anniversary of its release. Cool. Um, I have such a soft spot for Husker Du. As American punk goes, these guys were probably the best. Because they weren't like... It wasn't a lot of angry just screaming. There was a lot of blended tones, a lot of fuzzy guitar, a lot of like fast riffs and everything. But this a, lot, is, well, a lot of musicianship. Which is not something you find in the class. No, or... no. Did anyone actually take the time to listen to any of this when they were researching? This one... I was, I'm going to totally check it out now because I like punk. I love I love this album. Because yeah, it's one of those things, it's like, it's punk, but it was... This is their second Warner Brothers album, so they, they were kind of branching into something a little different. And this, this, at this point now, could clearly be classified as just college rock. They were Green Day before Green Day came uh, out. Pretty much. Now, the funny thing about this, though, this is their last album. This is the album they broke up after. Really? This album doesn't sound like a divorce. You know when you hear most bands, they're breaking yeah, you know, up. You know, they yeah, know, you know. Break, Let it be. The perfect example of an album that sounds like a divorce. Let it be our four musicians just trying to get through an album. Just fulfill the contractual obligation. Fulfill the contractual obligation. You can tell that they are trying to. They're they they are all trying to move on to bigger and better. Um, this album does not belie that. This album is a bit tight musicianship wise for three guys is very tight. I mean, you, you can definitely tell there are better songs than there are others. But um, Ice Cold Ice is a kind of a recent discovery for me. I I'd forgotten how much I love that song. Um, Could You Be the One is a great song. Second that, I thought you just said uh, Cold as Ice. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's Cold as Ice. I love that one too. Um, <laughs> ice Cold, I mean, Ice Cold Ice is, it's, it's, well, obviously, it just sounds ridiculous, but, yeah, listen to this one. Do you have a Spotify account? Uh, not premium. Spend money. Use it. Actually, no, use it. You do the freebie. It doesn't matter. You can listen to them and shuffle. It is a very good album. I could bring up the album on uh, YouTube. And you could do that, pick, too. Pick yes, I but I, I do highly recommend that, especially because 
as much as I love Husker Du, this, yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite album. I still think the Candy Apple Gray is the best thing they ever put out, which was the album prior to this one. But still, all in all, great album. Catherine, you're up. All right. My next album to talk about is Susan Vega, Solitude Standing. Ooh, now we're going to talk about this one because this was originally in my list and Catherine was falling short, so I said take one of mine. Took the one I wanted to talk about the most. So, uh. oh, well, well, I only got I only got a couple songs to talk about on this one. There's Tom's Diner, which is not the single version that we all. Know. Oh, the DNA version, right? Now, do you know the um, trivia behind Tom's Diner? It. I used to. That Tom's Diner was the song they used when they were testing the compression rates for MP3. Oh, okay. So, Solitude Standing. It, the reason that we have MP3s is because of Solitude Standing. Go there you go. Um, wow, we wouldn't be doing this show if it weren't for Salty Stand. No, seriously. <laughs> um, what other what other song, singles did you want to talk about on there? Well, Luca is very. That one got played a lot on the radio. Jesus, yeah, yeah. that is a solid, depressing song. Well, it's about an eight-year-old boy who's repeatedly beaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is, you know, it, it's such an upbeat song. It, it kind of feels upbeat, but then, yeah. But then he listens to the lyrics. You're like. Oh yeah. Stop! Stop listening to the kid being beaten and trying to do something to help him. Jeez. Yeah. Well, he he didn't he didn't get hit. He got he walked into a door again. Yeah. And yeah. then um and then was well, as I was driving out here, in the eye came on, which oh. was really fun and bouncy. I'm like, okay, this has to go on like my dancey playlist yeah. because it is just so upbeat and fun. And, but when you listen to the lyrics, the whole thing oh, is is that if you no if you were to kill me now. Um, I would just be here looking, you know, I would just look you in the eye, and I'd burn myself into your memory as long as you were still alive. Oh, yeah. How fucking dark is that? Her wordsmithing is amazing. Yeah, I um, her lyrics don't always match the, the music. The, right, it doesn't match the, the, the kind of right. feel <laughs> of the music. Chirpy, 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 death, death. <laughs> um, Ironbound, uh, which is the, uh, Third single, third third song on the album. Yeah, Ironbound, Fancy Fancy Poultry. Yep. There's a lot of stuff about her looking at the um the power lines and how they create triangles in the sky, and it's just right before they execute some birds. Yes, exactly. 
It's nothing but a sad, sad album. <laughs> um, honestly, I just I remember buying this album and just based on Luca and Solitude Standing. Cause right. I, I heard that song. They had released that as a second single. It really didn't do anything. But then, like a year or two later, I, I picked it up again, started listening to it. I really I loved it to the point where I started getting more and more of Suzanne Vega's other work or you know yeah. first album, which you're right is a better album. Yeah, I. I uh... Like, I picked this up because it was the second one and had Tom Steiner on it, but it wasn't the single yeah. version I knew. But I <clears throat> I love, fell in love with uh, Suzanne Vega's 85 album in college. Yeah. Oh, Marlena on the Wall is a... Marlena on the Wall. I love that song. I used to sing my kids to sleep with that song for no good reason. It's one of the few songs I can remember the lyrics to right off the top of my head. The Queen and the Soldier is a, another really good mm. one. Cracking. Yeah. Just cracking. Oh, yeah, cracking. Cracking is just good because it's just, it's a fade, fades in and out. It's... Seriously, if you need, if you want to introduce Joe, you want to introduce Sophia to a, to a great woman singer, mm-hmm. go with and, Suzanne and Vega because Suzanne Vega also plays like the twelve string guitar, right? Um, and even stuff like her later stuff, like Days of Open Hand, has got some great, uh, great songs on there. Ninety nine point nine Fahrenheit. Yeah, these I don't know if I got these ones. Uh, Ninety nine point nine Fahrenheit Degrees um, is kind of like her dance album. Okay. And there's a lot of electronic stuff on there. Um, I could definitely put together a playlist on Spotify for you that would just be of, like, the good stuff. And it's some really good stuff. Sure. So, yeah, remind me to do that. Mike, you're up. All right, I'm going to go with Michael Jackson's Bad. Michael Jackson's bad. Okay. Now, here's what I have to say about that. Because we talked about two of the songs on the last episode. I love Smooth Criminal. It is. As a Michael Jackson song, song. It is my favorite Michael Jackson song. It it is up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I would have to think about it. But But I have to say, cover-wise, I still think the Alien Head Farm version is better. Oh, yeah. The Alien Head Farm version is awesome. Yeah. But I mean, this, I mean, this song, this album is solid from almost you know all all the way around. I mean, starts with "Bad," which is you know, a good song. Uh, the way you make me feel. Yep, Speed, that's actually a good song. Yeah, yeah. Yes. "Speed Demon," uh, "Liberian Girl," which I think is an underrated song. I don't really. Sorry. Um, at that point, now we're talking. I'd be on the singles. I have never laid down money for a Michael Jackson album. I did for Thriller. That's it. I, I say probably. I well, uh, <laughs> actually, the Liberian Girl um, uh, music video has pretty much the who's who of Hollywood in it. Oh, really? It's got um, Whoopi Goldberg. No. It's got Quincy Jones, of course. Is that the one where the the, the girls are always morphing? Which is the song with the morphing? They're always morphing. Oh, black yeah, and no, white. That's black and white. Okay, that's the next album. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, this one's got, like, Steven Spielberg's in it. Uh, it, it. I mean, you just watch the video, and it's... 
everyone is everyone who is everyone in Hollywood at the time was in that movie. Uh, this was when Michael Jackson trailer. was at his height. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, but you, this was Pete Jackson. I mean, yes, with Grimmel, but also Man in the Mirror. That is a really good song. I. Oh, we're playing. Yeah, but I, you know, I I didn't really listen to the radio too much back right. then, so I just came onto it. You know, but I, and I think in some years. cases, overplayed can turn a good song bad. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that is definitely what. And I'm not trying to knock the album because there was some very solid stuff on there, but yeah, Man in the Mirror is one of those things that got so overplayed that I could never listen to it again without being like, nope. Well, I'm, I'm the, still the, cool the way the way you make me feel, however, has a really great yeah. dance sequence in center stage. The movie. Mm. <clears throat> yes. <I think>. Uh, <laughs> all right. Are we moving on? Do love smooth All right. Yeah. Cho. Our next one is Aerosmith Permanent Vacation. Off of cocaine and loving life, uh, well, even Tyler album. Well, well, their second comeback album. This oh. one, the first one was officially their the, their their comeback album was uh, done with mirrors, which oh, came out in '85, which is an awful, album. awful. So a lot of people kind of forget that one and say Permanent Vacation is... Well, because in between Done With Mirrors and Permanent Vacation, Run DMC saved their fucking careers. Exactly, yeah. Well, I think I think if, if their first comeback... Their first album back together as a band is crappy, that doesn't qualify as a comeback. Right. Actually, was was that the full lineup, too? Was that the original that lineup, too? All right. That was well, the first that was, no, the... with Mirrors was with everybody back. Right, okay. Permanent Vacation was the first... Truly commercial, successful album in ten years. Yeah, yeah. This is a really good album. You could not escape this goddamn album. Oh, especially oh, Angel. God, Angel. Angel. I love that. All song. right, that's another problem. Uh, oh, that's the first song that you hear when your heart is broken at sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks You're a lot. Angel. You know who you are. <laughs> I thought it was dude looks like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> we never talk about my college years, Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, honestly, though, dude looks like a lady is one of those songs. Though that, that again, it's it's a good song made bad due to overplay. It just oh, that rag. I mean, ragdoll. Ragdoll. Oh, I just I feel filthy listening to that song now. And I, it, you know, it's just like cause I remember the video and just how like. Oh, you know what? You know, it, was, it was a good song. It, it, I look at it as a bridge to pump. Right. Pump is an excellent such album, a good album. And then they went crying crazy, amazing, and ruined it all for yeah. everybody. So, 
So no, I mean it's you know at the time when it you know because Aerosmith got so much play on ZLX and everything, oh. it's like well, new new Aerosmith album, all right? Yeah. Oh, so it's exactly. the new BCN because they broke our Aerosmith right in the seventies. They broke Aerosmith, so yeah. Um, one of these bands I have no desire to see live anymore. I used to like want to see them live just mm-hmm. because. Not anymore. No. Nah, I just was like, I don't, I don't have, I don't, yeah, you know, I, I know we're from Boston, we're supposed to be all about Elspeth, but like, nah, I'm all sad. Yeah, you know what, we're from Boston, we should be all about the Del Fuegos, we don't talk about them anymore, do we? <laughs> nope. Exactly. God's man. You know, beyond pump, that's really God's kind of- yeah, We're from Springfield, we, we sit on the edge of our bed crying while incense burned. Godsmack. Godsmack No, they're from like Springfield. No, Mathua. really? Okay, because my wife went went to high school with uh, Aaron Lewis. Yeah. Oh okay. Jesus. <laughs> they might be giants. They're from Lincoln. Yeah, from Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. They're from Lawrence. They're from Lawrence. Okay. All right, Joey. I think I'll save my permanent vacation before right, I move on to. All right, so. When Catherine picked uh, Solitude Standing out of my list, which is I'm totally cool with, um, <laughs> no, I, had, bitter at all. I had to pick another another one. So I actually had a, I had one of my backup here. 10,000 Maniacs in my tribe. This one hit in 88, really, but it came out in 87, so we have to talk about it. Um, I don't know how much I love Natalie Merchant's voice before she went solo. Yeah. <laughs> and just the musicianship is, is interesting. Like, it, her voice makes sense with the musicians playing behind her that it, it, it never did when she was a solo act. Right. Um, it is funny, though, because every one of these songs has got a message and it isn't a subtle message. <laughs> um, you know, just like Luca, there's a song about child abuse. Yep. And it is literally in the lyrics that you are kidding this kid. There's a song called Cherry Tree, which is about um, illiteracy. And honestly, I cannot read. <laughs> is in the... <laughs> Don't talk is about alcoholism. Because he's talking to the bottle in the air. There is like no... And no analogy, no metaphor. There is no subtlety to this album at all. Um, and Metaphor. They, learn to use it. Yes, oh god. It, they did Peace Train. This is originally released with a version of Peace Train until... Um, uh, Yusuf Islam decided that he was all for the um, the fatwa on um, oh what was his name uh, Satanic Verses Salman Rushdie. Oh, yeah. So oh, they God. yanked it. They were like, take it off of all of the albums. Is digital music available yet? Not for twenty years. Okay. Well, when that happens, pull it too. 
Um, but I do, I just, I love Natalie Merchant's voice. Mm -hmm. And I love the way that it, it just mixes. Um, what's his name? Dennis Buck, the guitar player, just had such great, great rhythms and great, um, just, just a lot of great little chords and stuff like that that you didn't hear on music. I mean, again, this is the epitome of college rock mm -hmm. at this point. Definitely, definitely also worth another listen if you haven't listened to it in a while. Okay. All right. All right. All right, uh, Catherine, I think you got one more on here. I've got one more. Oh, though. this is the big one, too. And this is going to listen. I saved this one for last. Good lives. thinking. Excuse me while I just spend the rest of the, uh, the rest of this part throwing up in the corner. <laughs> this is Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. What is wrong yeah. with you, Mike? Uh, Which is I, hit after hit after hit. I, Again, I would love to just slash out Axel Foley's uh, Axel Rose's, Rose's uh, this, voice box. This is another one of those albums that came out in '87, but did not get big until '88. I did not hear about it until '89. Huge in '88. Summer of '88 was the summer of um, "Welcome to the Jungle," "Sweet yeah. Child of Mine," and um, "Paradise City." Yep. And then you could fucking escape it. When did Terminator Two come out? Terminator Two came out in '91, and that's when they released uh, "User Illusion." Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. You think about it, I mean, it sold 18 million albums, which was unheard of for a debut album. Yeah, and you mentioned Welcome to the Jungle, Mr. Brownstone, and Paradise City. The other big songs on this, Night Train, yep. Yep. My Michelle, which I was, I saw the track name, and I'm like, oh, I don't know this, and it comes up, and I'm like, I totally know, know this, this song. Yep. Uh, Sweet Child of Mine. Yep. Which, and, by uh, the way, do you know that the um, the rip to that is nothing more than a finger stretching exercise? <laughs> yeah, I'll buy that. Nine. And then, uh, hey, guitar player. I know. <laughs> and the other song uh, I know on this one is Rocket Queen. Rocket, Rocket Queen, Queen is a great, great song. Um, notwithstanding that, Mike, our, our Mike other Z. Mike, uh, was interested in a lady who was the lead singer in a Guns N' Roses cover band called, called Rocket, Rocket Queen. Queen. Nice. Uh, during the summer of 2014, that's all we heard about. Yep. Um, Steve actually brings up that uh, with Appetite for Destruction, our entire generation learned what it sounds like when a band peaks too soon. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. GNR Lies isn't that bad. GNR Lies is, is, is pretty much cash grab. Oh, yeah, right. It, it is the spaghetti incident without <laughs> hair of the dog. Um, yeah. Uh, this is, again, I had zero appreciation for um, Guns N' Roses at this point. Because at this point now, I was in my sensitive college music phase. <laughs> I'm going to wear my turtleneck and, and, and uh, wire rim glasses now. Thank you very much. Um, going back. Maybe it was a hipster before hipster was cool. <laughs> Cooler music than you guys were. Um, <laughs> it took me a long time. But I do. I love this album. And the beauty yep. is, too, with this album, it, again, belies the hair metal mythos that the album kind of was created under. You know, you know what the, this al the, the the impact that this album had on me was my 
freshman year at Norwich, oh, which is a military school. Yeah. My first morning, my my first night, I I went to bed. And my first morning, four thirty in the morning. What song did they play? They blared down the hallway. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Oh, <laughs> they threw a trash can down the hallway and. What was I I'm like, oh, what the fuck did I get myself into? Now the issue is that uh, every shitty sports team's got to use this as their fucking, you know, rally anthem. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can tell by the fur- Mike's furrowed brow that he's a uh... yeah. <laughs> Mike has never been subjected to the. Uh... Well, again, Mike was never subjected to the summer of '88 uh, when "Sweet Child of Mine" was the only song that was ever on the radio. <laughs> I think it would have destroyed my radio. Well, you're lucky you're young. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, honestly, it's one of those things. I couldn't stand "Sweet Child of Mine" for years and years and years. Then it finally, like, you know what's a really good song? No, it isn't. No. <laughs> All right, moving on. Neither's "Man in the Mirror." Ooh. The gauntlet has been thrown. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're up, buddy. All right. Next, I'm going for uh, Whitney Houston's Whitney. Which you're following up from uh, Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a pal- it's a pal cleanser. Yeah, exactly. It's a um, because I want to dance with somebody, uh, somebody who loves me. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You 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 can't. You, honestly, you couldn't do better for a uh, sophomore album. Yeah. Especially one that yeah, followed yeah. up a multi Grammy winning, multi number one platinum like, selling debut. That was like the first album by a female to debut at number one, and uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of history behind that album. And it's of, honestly uh, a better album than the first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this one really, like like I said earlier uh, in the last episode, this one really kind of shows off her range. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean she has, like, the, you know, you know funky, high-energy ones, like, I want to dance with somebody who yeah. loves me. And we got, um, you know, Didn't We Almost Have It All. Yeah. Yeah, not not as great. Uh, we got <laughs> So Emotional. Oh, God. Um, Where Do Broken Hearts Go? Okay. She, uh, she, so she can go from those high energy to those like those softer like tearjerker ballads. Right. Right. So yeah, no, I I, I agree. It's a it, honestly, it is a better album than the first one. Yeah, I concur. All right. Uh, all right. Next up on my list, uh, Sting. Nothing like the sun.
fish caught on dry land. Struggle to avoid any help at hand. To sink like a stone that's been thrown in the ocean. My logic has drowned in a sea of emotion. Stop before you start. Still my beating. Um, it is nothing like the sun. This was... It stings. <laughs> I, think, I think this was the first album I ever bought the day it got released. I think what happened was we had a teacher's professional day. And <coughs> me, Kevin Nesmith, and Shamus Tobin... Oh, my God. All oh, met up man. at the, the high school and walked all the way across town <laughs> to the one music store in Acton. The one in two way? Yeah. Oh, we walked all the way there. No, remember how big Chamas was? Yeah. 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 He managed to meet. We made a lot of stops. <laughs> but um, yeah, we we went specifically to buy this album. Wow. Um, strawberries. That's no, it wasn't. No, it you wasn't know, strawberries. No, no, it wasn't strawberries. There was another music store. Um, near, I think it was near the movie theater. Oh yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. I know. What you it was, was an actual the music court. store. Next huh? to the minor court. Yes, yes. Wait, minor chord was that the church? No, that was no. The minor chord was the church. No, no. The minor chord was a music store. It we buy instruments and stuff like that. But it wasn't the converted church, right? No. Okay. No, it was right next to right next to the movie theater where all those convenience stores was. Yes, yes. Minor chord right there. That's where I got all my tickets for my concerts. Yes, that's exactly it. Yes, we you walked all the way. That Jesus Christ, Jesus. Yeah, we had nothing else to do. I it was like, what are you doing? Right. I'm going to hang out with Shamus and Kevin. <laughs> okay, five hours. <laughs> honestly, I, I honestly expected in our track we were going to find a dead body somewhere. It was just that kind of. <laughs> that uh, this album. I mean, first did, of all, did the leeches hate you? <laughs> this album, first of all, was like my first introduction to world music. At least what I thought was world music. <laughs> It's a lot of Brazilian stuff, and this was like the Rainforest album. Yeah. But my first high school girlfriend was super into this album, so naturally I was. Oh, so you had, yeah, <laughs> you had to impress her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, this is the first time I went like three times to see Sting live on this tour. Wow. Boy. Yeah, it was uh, it was beyond obsessive at this point. Um, it, it is still a very good album. Um, honestly, the album that came after this, The Soul Cages, is a far better album. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, all, all in all, I, I enjoy this one, so I also enjoy telling that story about almost finding a dead body. So. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, all what's right. your next one? My next one is George Harrison, Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine. I had forgotten this album came out. And it's year. such a good album, too. It is a very good album. And the funny thing is, the lead single mm-hmm. on this album is, a, is you know... I've got um, my mindset on you. Yeah. It's a great song. It, again, this is one of those ones that you got sick of after a, you know... Well, because it got so much airplay on it. This got a lot of airplay. Oh, I should say BH, but this time BH1. Yeah.
Um, yeah, no, this, you know, what the interesting thing about this album is, is that what it spawned afterwards. This oh, was because a, this, this, this was produced by Jeff Lynn. Right. And then a year later, Traveling Wheelberries comes out. Yeah. So this is, and this is the, the, the seed that grew the mighty oak of the Traveling Wheelberries. Well, it's, it's, it was George Harrison's last studio album, actually. Yeah, you're right. Well, because he, by 1982, when he made Gone Tropo, mm-hmm. he just get, basically just got burnt out. He he was done with music. He didn't want to deal with music anymore. Yeah. And after a while, he just kind of like, oh, maybe I like, maybe I'll do one more. Right. No. And it actually did very well considering there's no tour support because he hates touring. Right. And like I said, it's a very good album. I enjoyed it. And, he, like, and, and George Harrison's always been my favorite Beatle. And that same here. I, he's, well, you know, the thing with this, too, is that he put out a quality album while Paul McCartney was essentially, at this point, putting out shit. Yes. Uh, and, I mean, no one can count on Ringo to come up with a good album, so... Well, Ringo played, yeah, Ringo, played the drums. Ringo played the yeah. drums. That's a, yeah. played the drums of this album, but that's about it. I, I just looked at the uh, the album cover to this. Yeah. Well, George Harrison is really chilling his inner uh, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was the mid mid late eighties. I mean, everybody was. Yeah, but I just yeah, this is a good album. I, I just love George Harrison. And like I said, he's, you know, all things pass is one of my favorite albums. Yep, he's my favorite Beatle, and this is he this also is, worked closely with Clapton. Exactly, they shared their Eskimo <laughs> brothers. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Bazing, bazing. So, but no, it's it's a it's a good album. I enjoyed it. You know, yeah, not, really not a bad song on it. Mike, well, I don't have anything to say about it either. No, your next album. Okay, you have one more left here. So. Yeah, hit it. Um, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> wrap it up with uh, "Faith" by Michael uh, George Michael. Good album. Good. Just look at the first, the the four tracks on side one. All right. Faith, Father Figure, I Want Your Sex, and One More Try. Where's Monkey Fall on that one? I I, I oddly oddly love that song. Yeah, side two is Hard Day, Hand to Mouth, Look at Your Hands, Monkey, and Kissing a Fool. Oh, Kissing a Fool is a great song. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. That's like his. This is another album where the artist. Hit his peak. Yeah. 
I don't know. Freedom ninety one is a really good song, uh, but but as an album as a whole, Faith is. I yeah, yeah. No, 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 I agree. This is the this is the last great. I don't know. Album. Rebecca's not here, so maybe she might correct me. On this. Mm, so, um, yeah, no, this is a. I I do enjoy this album a lot. Yeah, I mean for a, for a debut album, uh, just, you know, go, breaking away from uh from um, what was his what was his uh, Andrew Ridgely? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the Forgotten Wham. I heard a really interesting story about that. George Michael made sure, now I don't know if this is just him being pompous or him just being really, really smart, gave Andrew Ridgely full songwriting credit on every single Wham! song. So he would be set for life, regardless of how well he did. Well, you know what? If if the stories you hear about him are true, after he died, about all the charity charity and and his generosity, I'd believe it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so so that good for him. Good yeah, album. Because Andrew Ridgely doesn't have much else to go on. She, no, exactly. Well, that, well, that too. George Bar just realized, you know what? I got all the talent. You <laughs> yeah. can have all the Wham songs. <laughs> hey, George, I'm putting out an album. It's called Son of Albert. Will you put some money into it? No. Nope. But you got to wake you wake me up before you go, go. I got a half a star review in Rolling Stone. It's the worst review ever. <laughs> and I'm not joking about that. <laughs> half a star. There were roadies that had more to do with Wham's success than Andrew originally did. <laughs> Just shit, shit, shit sandwich. Right? Yes. You can't say that. All right. Um, and lastly on my list, uh, before we hit the one that we all can kind of talk about here, uh, In Excess Kick. Jesus Christ. I honestly think, it, you know, with the exception of Operation Mind Crime, which will come next year, Catherine. Yep. Um, <laughs> I already called dibs. <laughs> NXS Kick around our drama circles was huge. Because yeah. you didn't have to be super into college music. You didn't have to be into metal. You didn't have to be into pop music. It kind of fit everything. Yeah. So I went back and I listened to this album. This album doesn't really pick up until the second side. All, like, the really, like, garbagey singles, with the exception of Devil Inside, um, are on the first side. All the good stuff, including the, the, the title track, um, you know, um, Calling All Angels, all that stuff is all on the second side of the album. Yeah. All Calling All Nations, rather. It's all on the second side of the album. But my God, Michael Hutchins was such a great front man. He was. Jesus. He had a great band um, who kind of understood don't get in the way of everything. Just let Michael sing and exactly. play the music. Put, put, him up, put him up front. We'll, put, we'll be in the background. Yeah. And I, this is another band I must have seen at least twice supporting this album. Wow. God, back when I had spendable cash. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So there's one last album we have to talk about here. Uh, that album is kind of the biggie of the year. Uh, also, I do have a 
comment here, which I gotta get in, I gotta go find it, but the album I'm referring to is The Joshua Tree by U2. Dave, um, Dave McLean, who has contributed to our show, writes about the Joshua Tree. The Joshua Tree by U2, um, also uh, close to me by The Cure, is an album he wanted to mention. I play without, um, with or without you from a former, well, from the former, for the first time when I played with a band, which I told Bono when I met him at a wedding. Hmm. <laughs> I wore lipstick when I played in the band, which you can blame on the, la on the ladder, which would be The Cure. I accidentally smudged smoking crimson on my girlfriend's boob somewhere uh, before... Before my band performed in a high school gym somewhere. <laughs> he is the educated listener of our show, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, Good for him. Yay! So anyway, the Joshua Tree. The Joshua Tree. Does yeah. anybody here not like this album? Well, here's the thing. I hate you too. Oh, yeah. Okay. I cannot stand them. The, the way I would describe them is, you know, you know what, um... Peter Griffin from The Family Guy, the way he described The Godfather. Yeah. They insist upon themselves. Yeah. yeah. They are pretentious. Oh, yeah. I cannot stand them as a band. Yeah. Oh, Bono is like one of the most pretentious douchebags ever. Yeah. I like this album. Yeah. This is the only U2 album I ever went out and bought. No. Steve actually mentions, remember the Joshua Tree? Of course you do. That was the last time U2 was any good. Which I will actually take issue to because I think Octone Baby is the last good album they ever put out. Actually, I, I don't know... Oh. Uh, one of the more recent albums was actually not too bad. Can't remember which one. That um, was. not the not the Happy Meal album that that's, everyone yeah. with an iTunes account got, right? No, 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 no. But like I said, as a band, as a band, as a band, as a of individuals. Oh uh, no. Yeah. Right, no. but the Joshua Tree. I don't think I don't think I know anybody who a doesn't have a copy or had a copy at that point. You kind of had it, yeah. You kind of had this was like, this mandatory. was your typical high school issue album. Yeah, I mean I. Personally, my favorite song is the number one on the album, where the streets have no name. Great song. Yep. Yeah. Great song. Great guitar riff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love yeah. the guitar riff. Uh, we were listening to um, uh, a playlist of alt-rock 87 stuff. Um, Mike and I were. Yeah. In God's Country came up, and I, I think it could very well be my favorite song on that album. And it's, it's that's a, a deep song. track. It's a very good song. Um, Spanish Eyes, which was a B-side, which ended up on, like, you know, when, whenever they re-released the Joshua Tree, now it shows up. On uh, you know the bonus tracks, yeah. Spanish Eyes is a great song. Um, God, what else is on? I don't have to actually pull up the album track. Well, now. I mean, you got where the streets have no name. I'm still having found what I'm looking for. With or without you, <sighs> yeah. Bullet yep. the blue sky. Bullet the blue. Oh God, bullet the blue sky. Because he's got to talk about someone in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> of course With the not. rain pummeling down the children, pummeling down. Running to stand still. 
Red Hill Mining Town. Oh, God, yeah. Red, um, Red Hill Mining Town? Yep. In, in Gus Country, Country, yep. Trip Through Your Wires isn't bad. One Tree Hill, man. Which inspired a CW show. Yep. <laughs> and Exit. And, and then everything the, else is like extra. Yeah, okay. I mean, these are some really, really good songs. I mean, then half the stuff that shows up on the on the bonus tracks here, Silver and Gold, which showed up on um, Rattle and Hum. Okay, it also inspired the uh, album cover for Billy and the Boingers. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I, I actually really like the video for I uh, Still Haven't Found a Album. No, no, no. Jeez. First song again. Um, streets have no name. Yeah. Well, they, just, they just you know went up on top of a record a record album in downtown LA and started playing. Yeah, they ripped off the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been done. I know, I know. They insist upon themselves. Yes, exactly. God, they haven't released an album since Songs of Innocence, which is that Happy Meal album that everyone yeah, in yeah, iTunes yeah. account can't get rid of. Everybody lost their shit. You know, the funny thing is, too, about that, that whole thing is that people are like, what are you complaining about? It was a free album. It's you, too. Yeah, but it, was a, it wasn't a good album. <laughs> that was what it was. That's the thing. That's why I refer to it as a Happy Meal album. <laughs> when you get a Happy Meal toy, it isn't exactly an action figure that you're getting. It's an action-less figure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a customer come to the store one day. And, uh, ask me, How the fuck do I get rid of this? I, I, got, I have this album that showed up. I didn't buy it. How did I get? What did I get charged for? Like you didn't get. You get charged for anything. YouTube just wants it, you to listen. They insist upon themselves. Everybody. You would say they insist. That came out three years ago. How fucking weird is that? <laughs> but yes, I just remember everybody lost their shit. Everyone lost their shit. Yeah. Rightly so. It's not a good album. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can lose your shit. Oh, is my privacy is being invaded? No, you should be offended because this is one of the biggest bands in the world, and they put out a shitty album. Hmm. That's why. But that was not Joshua Tree, which is the album. No, Joshua Tree is actually no, exactly. <laughs> Joshua Tree is a great yeah, album. Great, um, one of the great albums. But this is one of those. Um, this is one of those albums, though, that I think made people a little more pretentious about U two than they honestly should have been. Yes. Yeah, it catapulted yeah, because it was their real, their first real commercial success. Well, I don't want to say commercial success. It was their first. It was their launch as a superstar. This was the yeah. album that came out, I think, because um, under no, not under Blood Risk, uh, Unforgettable Fire was already in the can by the time Live Aid happened. So right. th this was their, this was kind of their real coming out party. Yeah. Uh, after Live Aid and after the success of uh, Unforgettable Fire. Yeah. Um, musicianship wise, this is a fantastic album. I still think Octone Baby is a better overall album. They just experimented with it more. The songs are a little catchier. Right. There's, there's more. There's more variance in it. This album is very straightforward. You can identify every. If you listen to a collaboration of U2 songs, you could name every single song in that playlist that came from yeah. the Joshua Tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else kind of shows up, and it's like, oh, oh, maybe it's the one from the album that they played at the Olympics. Exactly. I, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> They didn't ex experiment, but every I mean every song they did a great job on. Yes, no, I agree. I I think this is a fantastic album. I think mm. this is a great way to end the show. Is talking about this album. Um, yeah. So they know Richard Marks, but you know it's no Richard Marks. It's, <laughs> it's no it's no Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, guys, um, great God, great conversation. Joe, this live up to your expectations, sir. I was so worried. 
Oh, yes. Yes, all right. Okay. Excellent. Good. That's that's really all I care about now. So, anyway. Yeah, sad little man. You sad little man, indeed. Um, our next episode. Oh, boy. We're going back to voting. Yep. Yeah. Just to show that it's all not just a scam. In honor of the uh, March 17th release of the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Yes, and um, Andy and Autumn's uh, adult-only trip to Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney After Dark. Disney After Dark. Ooh. We can bring out that sex sex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bring out the Kenny G. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we are going to be talking about, with your votes, um, we're going to be counting down the 25 top Walt Disney Animation Studios movies. And I'm going to, I have to alliterate, Walt Disney Animation Studios. That means cartoons. Theatrical released cartoons that came under the Disney banner. Right. Okay. We might have to. We might have to go. This is your list. Yeah. So actually, you know, there are fifty five, fifty four, fifty somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Just, just go, uh, just go into Wikipedia, type yeah. in a list of Disney animated features, and every every one that says Di- um, Walt Disney Animation Studios next to it. Yeah. That's the goofy movies. The goofy Snow- movies don't count. Everything right. from Snow White. To Moana. To Milan. Right. Moana. 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 Moana came, right. Moana Moana. came out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Came out. That was 20 years ago. Anyway, what we want you to do is we want your top 10. Yep. Just 10, okay? We get five extra in our pocket because we host this show. And they're for tiebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want your top 10 favorite Disney, all Walt Disney Animated Studio movies. And you can send them to our uh, email, geeksaladradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can list them as individually as 140 characters will carry you on uh, Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. Uh, you can also post them on our Facebook um, group site, which is just called Geek Salad Podcast. And as always, you can check out the previous episode, our side A of this album, as well as all the other tracks uh, and shows that we have at uh, geeksalad.podbean.com or on the Podbean app, the Stitcher app, or the Apple Store. So, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Bye. He's going to live to 140. Like, he is here to change the world. And I appreciate that. But, like, I don't think Bono's ever had sex with a groupie, which is what I feel is the whole point of being a rock star. Like, could you imagine if a groupie did try to fuck Bono, how awkward that would be? She runs up to him, and she's like, oh, my God, Bono, I want to take you in the back. I want to suck your dick. You are making me so wet. Bono would be like, I know but let's use that wetness to seal AIDS relief packages. (laughs) 